Hi, Gratitude Seekers, and welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Today, I have a really interesting and out-of-the-ordinary guest uh, since uh, the beginning. She's the first opera singer. Um, she's a performance coach and a professional speaker living in Germany. Her topic is presence. She's the co-author of several books in German and will be releasing her new solo book this spring. It's called Dealing with Divas, a mindful approach to improving relationships in your business or organization, in which she helps the reader master two things, to remain calm, centered, and focused while dealing with difficult people and to reach his or her goal. Her name is Laura Baxter, And uh, she is also a great fan of gratitude, which she thinks is one of the most important emotions uh, that has helped her get to where she is in life. Welcome, Laura. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Do you care to say a few words that I that I might have missed? As far as my background or, or just how... how as I far as your, your background, yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, actually, there's not a lot more, but a lot more to say about that. I uh, started my career out in the United States, and at some point, it's expected for opera singers in America to come to Europe. And for me, it was always clear for a variety of reasons that I would head to Germany and got here and stayed. So um, also for a variety of reasons, mostly I found, yeah, mostly I just fell in love with this German guy and married him and stayed with the family then here. Yeah, mm. that's so beautiful. And um, Laura, what is gratitude for for you? What does gratitude mean for you? Oh, gratitude. Um, I mean, like you and your search, uh, in my search and working, especially with executives or leaders of all different uh, types, um, there have been so many studies on what are the emotions that successful people, especially successful people in leadership positions, what are the emotions that they most commonly feel and share with each other. And uh, it has been proven over and over again that one of the most important emotions to feel is gratitude, is to be thankful for the situation they're in and the emotion that uh, su successful people most commonly, um, most often feel is gratitude which once I began reading about studies that had this, this result, I thought that is, that's amazing. What is it about gratitude that, that both leads people to success as well as um, what is it that people who are successful have that make them so grateful for the situation they're in? I mean, what, what exactly is that? And, and um, I can say that the journey that I've been on with gratitude, so to speak, has, has, uh, has changed my life, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I know that uh, before, before we got to, um, to record, we, we talked about um, a certain situation in your life. Yeah. Um, when uh, you were in a point where, where you chose to feel grateful and you understood that it's very important to do so. Uh, could you elaborate a bit? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I went from a situation where in the United States I was touring with the National Opera Company and singing on various stages with different orchestras and everything. And I was having 
somewhere between four and six performances a week. And all of a sudden I came to Germany where I literally had to start from the beginning again, you know, going and doing auditions, trying to, to prove myself. And I mentioned before, you know, starting a family here, especially when that happened, that was relatively quickly after, after landing in Germany. So within one to two years, um, I went from the situation of having all these performances and actually, you know, literally having people see me in the grocery store or something and ask my autograph <laughs> to go to a situation where I had no performances or, uh, or I would have, you know, this one performance here, one performance there. And all of a sudden, um, a dear friend of mine got married here in Germany and she, um, yeah, it was a situation. Uh, it, it's it was a very very romantic wedding. She her husband is uh, Germans don't have royalty anymore, but this was there. It's a noble. Uh, the family was a member of the nobility, and so they actually had this lovely wedding in the family palace, which is a very medieval palace, and it has its own chapel. And at the wedding, she asked me to sing at the wedding, and she also asked her sister to sing at the wedding, um, which her sister was an opera singer from Vienna. And she asked her sister to sing an aria from Mozart. And she asked me to sing, um, I think, a gospel song, something, you know, that, something that's fun to sing, but not quite the challenge that I had been having in America. And I remember very distinctly that moment, uh, listening to her sister sing beautifully, a beautiful soprano, um, thinking to myself, you know, you weren't grateful back then you didn't I was very and to go, go back I was I've always been very grateful but to be grateful in the moment is different than just being oh grateful um and what I realized is I had had so much work back then before I came to Germany so many so many performances and so much you're sort of caught up in the stress of the moment of learning your role of learning of you know rehearsing for this oratory or whatever you're doing uh, that you don't think you don't take that moment to just be grateful that even one note can come out of your mouth, you know? And I, at that moment at this wedding, I realized that, uh, and I promised myself that if ever I could get my career back going again, the way it was here in at that time, still here in Germany, um, that every single time that I got up to sing, didn't matter how large or small, it didn't matter if it was at a friend's wedding or if it was actually no, uh, a packed house for 1,500 people or more, um, that before I got up there, that I would just say a little prayer of thanks that I am allowed to do any of this. And uh, it had sort of a, for me, an interesting circle of events happened this past weekend. I did two concerts with an amazing choir here, and uh, I live in Erlangen, it's near near Nuremberg for those who know Germany. And um, I actually asked the conductor if we could do this piece. It's a piece that I sang 25 years ago in, in Durham in North Carolina, uh, Copeland's In the Beginning. And it's for a chamber choir and for mezzo-soprano and it's a cappella, very difficult piece. If the soprano, if the mezzo-soloist makes a mistake or if the choir makes a mistake, then we're out of there. I mean, it's 70 pages a cappella polytonal. So it was, it was tough wow. piece, <laughs> tough, really tough piece. And I did it 25 years ago, and I thought it would be nice to do it again. And about four years ago, I asked some, some directors with whom I 
often work here. You know, I'd like to do this piece. Do you think your choir can handle it? And I gave him the music. And they all said, there's only one choir here that can handle that. And that was Volcanta. That's the choir that I actually sang this with last weekend. And even that director said, no, <laughs> he said, no way. <laughs> and then about a year and a half ago, he called me up and he said, okay, I think we're going to do it. And as we were doing this concert uh, this past weekend, we did two different performances of it. Um, both, well, the huge, audi- huge audience, it was, it was wonderful. Um, as we were doing that, uh, all I could think of was exactly, yeah, your topic, this gratitude. It was how thankful I am to be ha- have this privilege of doing this piece one last time. I, I assume, I mean, who knows? I may do it more times but again um, after all these years. It's just not a piece that, that many people get to do because it is so difficult. Um, and I thought again about the situation, that moment where I said, you know, I'm getting to sing. <laughs> And just saying that little prayer of um of thanks of thankfulness, yeah yeah, exactly, because um sometimes when we see people that are successful one way or another that are that have the chance to sing in front of so many people, we automatically think that they they are grateful, but uh we don't uh sometimes we can't see that they are human beings as well and they still need to to focus on gratitude in order to to bring it into their hearts yeah yeah it's not just you know not just singers i think every one of us at some level can relate to getting so caught up in our lives and the work we've got to do that we don't realize how both important that work is and how special it is to have it and that can be somebody singing on a stage but it could also be it can be a secretary in an office. It can be um, somebody working in a factory. Somebody. It could be a farmer. The, just to have that privilege of having uh, having the ability to do that thing that we're uh, that God put us on this earth to do. This talent, you know, that's just a. It, it's it's special. Very special. It sure is. It sure is, and. Um... I was thinking if you have some uh, some words of wisdom regarding gratitude, a quote or something like this that helps you um, refocus on gratitude. Oh, good question. Um, one specific quote in that sense. Let me think about that one and I'll, I'll send that sure. to send that with the podcast, but um, there are a lot of different things. I, I, um, as far as authors that have influenced my life over the years, uh, one of the ones that had a great influence, especially early on was Emmett Fox, who has his little seven day diet book, which is an incredibly small book about, um, about positive thinking. But, I mean, I now live in Germany, right? So as you know, <laughs> Germany, Germany has its own reputation about not, uh, of not being, you know, not having sense of humor or whatever, the, the stereotypes that we have, which is not true, by the way. But um, I, coming from an, a culture like in, in the United States where, you know, positive thinking and just do it, this kind of attitude and in, in Germany, that's not frowned upon, but definitely viewed a little bit skeptically. Um, I can say that the influence from all those uh, those years of, of literally positive things, someone like uh, Emmett Fox who says, just go seven days 
thinking positively about the world around you. And that includes one of the main, main things that he says includes gratitude um, is so important. So very important. And as far as specific quotes, let me, I'm going to, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, so I'm sure that like, like all of us, you have times when it's not as easy to feel grateful uh, in your life. Um, do you do something specific when, when it's hard to be grateful? I am sure there have been moments um, where I wasn't grateful. Um, but I, I don't know if this is similar to your journey with gratitude. Um, but after that point that I mentioned where we were sitting there in that, that chapel, um, you know, I was listening to, to Astrid sing and, and, um, since then, I think the one thing that I don't not have is gratitude. Um, it, that sounds strange and I'm probably, and, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to, it's not something, it's not that I'm, you know, patting myself on the shoulder saying, oh, look at me. It's not that at all. It's, you take everything that's in our lives right now. And right now, obviously, I mean, you're here in Europe, you know, also the situation with, with the, the refugee situation. Um, there are times when I think, you know, we've not, I've not finished decorating a room or I've not finished, you know, got to work in the garden or something of that sort. Um, and, you know, oh, it'd be nice if we didn't have that responsibility for whatever aspect. And then I think, you know, you need to stop for a second. You've got a roof over your head, you know, and right now you're safe. And um, there is, you know, it's, um, uh, I don't think, I, I don't really, I, I, I really don't think there's a moment that goes by where I don't think I'm not grateful for everything we've got. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Actually, this is this is what I'm aiming for, and uh, what I'm aiming for uh, for our listeners right now to to have to cultivate this habit of gre- being grateful, so that as much as possible um, we live in gratitude. We have a grateful life, a life that even if it's not perfect, we still choose gratitude and we still choose to appreciate it with all of its ups and downs and with all of its beauty. And uh, I think, I think that's, that's great that you live in this state and uh, I'm sure that it's, it's amazing. Well, I should say, I mean, obviously I think one of, for me, one of the triggers is when I find myself complaining about something because once you start, when you, when you complain uh, about something, either, either a large complaint or not, is the moment where you're not being grateful. And I think as soon, I, I hope, I, I'm sure as soon as we, we're done with this interview, I'm going to think, oh, there's a time and there's a time where you weren't grateful. But um, for me, that's one of the triggers. When I find myself complaining or saying something could be better or worse or whatever, um, uh, at that moment, I, I sort of remind myself, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got this, exactly. op- this opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because it's not about uh, being unrealistic that you're, you're grateful all the time. It's, it's about having the habit that will help you overcome the times when, when you don't feel grateful or when it's harder to feel grateful. This is, this is what we, we aim to do. Uh, here with the podcast and um, I think that it's it's great that you you gave this example 
Um, but like before, you, you told me uh, before our interview that uh, you feel that you were very lucky. Um, do you have, do you know of a time in your life that, that you weren't grateful? Like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something like this? Where I was not grateful or not in this, mm -hmm. this attitude, of the, 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 having the attitude of gratefulness. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, um, and it's mostly, it's not, again, I was thankful, absolutely thankful. But, um, if you would ask me, yeah, are you, you know, thankful to be where you are? I'd say absolutely. And I'm thankful to these people for helping me get there, but that's different than, um, really recognizing really recognizing that's that's beautiful and that's very important i don't want to make that any you know i don't want to make that light of that at all but um it's a little bit different than living in the moment to the and being grateful in the moment and my life and even today but especially before i you know back then um my life was full of the next thing mm -hmm. so okay, now I've got to learn this role and I've got to sting this thing and oh, and I've got to go uh, to this event or to this, um, I've got this responsibility or that responsibility. Um, and being worried about, you know, am I going to sing it right? Am I, have I learned it? Um, even, even the difference in this concert that I sang last weekend, the one I sang it 25 years ago, um, And that may, might be interesting also for your leaders. When I sang it 25 years ago, it was one of the most difficult pieces I'd ever sung. And I sang the concert, just to give you an idea, when I sang this 25 years ago, I sang it about a month before I sang Beethoven's Ninth Symphony of the North Carolina Symphony. Um, and I was in the middle of different opera, operatic performances. So to say that it was one of the most difficult pieces I'd ever worked on, is it was it's tough. Um, And back then I was petrified, um, petrified of making any mistake. And before the, the concert back then, I was, they sang, the choir sang another piece and then we sang this piece. And I was sitting in the green room waiting to go on. And, um, and I, I, you know, my breath was short. I, I was, I was nervous. You know, I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I will be honest with you. If you, I don't like the word stage fright, but if you wanted to give it, that was stage fright. <laughs> if you want to put it there. Yeah. Um, and I had at that time a wonderful mentor. Her name was Nan Burt. And Nan, when I met Nan, she was 92 years old and she lived to be 106. But when I had my very first conversation with Nan, uh, she knew me from the stage and, and just, you know, hearing things. And I was going through a really tough time in my life. Uh, my marriage had just broken up, all, all different kinds of things. And I went to her and because the, the director I was working with told me I had to go to Nan. Uh, we were working on marriage at Figaro and I had a, had, was in a bad accident. And he just, you know, he knew me well and he just said, you've got to go and talk to Nan. I'm like, I'd heard of this Nan Burt. I know her, you know, but, you know, I really don't have time to this kind of stuff. Anyway, and so I sort of forced myself to go to her house, and um, and she had some guests. And so she sort of asked me to sit out on the, on the porch. It should be done in a second. The guests left, and I was sitting in a rocking chair on the porch. This is in the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, looking at the mountains, and Nan, after everyone left, came and sat in the rocking chair next to me. And she 
uh, started rocking with me. She's matched my rhythm, you know, and she was rocking. And she told me my life story. I mean, she told me everything about me and that nobody knew, you know. And I didn't know how she knew that at all. Um, but it was amazing. And she then gave me a pile of about six books to take home and read that night <laughs> tomorrow and tell her about it. And anyway, that was Nan. And so I got through actually one book. I did go, go back uh, to, uh, back uh, and, and, and read, read through one of the books, which was um, a book called uh, Love is Letting Go of Fear. And um, that began, began an amazing journey, both with Nan and with myself and trying to figure out life. Uh, had also a lot to do with gratitude. And one of the things, one of the things she told me at one point, um, which was also out of uh, one of the books that she loaned me, um, on Emmanuel, I think it was, uh, was a mantra. The mantra was called, love is letting go of fear. Uh, sorry, not love is letting, it, uh, the mantra was, um, I choose love. And so back to this concert, what I sang last weekend, 25 years ago, um, I'm sitting there before this concert and Nan said to me, you know, if ever you're in a situation where you just, you don't know a way out, you just, you know, you're scared or whatever, just starting saying to yourself, I choose love without, without knowing what it means, without trying to give it any definition or any meaning, just say it. So at that concert, I started as the choir was singing out on the stage um, and I was waiting in the green room. Uh, I just started saying to myself, I started out loud because nobody else was there. I choose love. I choose love. I choose love. <laughs> and it really literally like that at the beginning. And then it sort of just kept coming, even internally, even as I was walking onto the stage to sing our piece. And I can't tell you much about how I sang it back then because I was just uh, in the moment of singing. And that mantra kept going on in my head the entire time. But afterwards, the conductor, you know, came up and hugged me and said, you don't, that was amazing. Did you even notice that you even pulled the choir up in pitch at one point because they were starting to sink, which I didn't notice. Um, <laughs> and, and I realized just how beautiful it was, not uh, the concert, but just the concept of, of, um, of, of love. Yeah. And that enabled me actually last week just to enjoy it. You know, I, I, I knew that I, you know, that it was not going to fall apart, <laughs> that it would be okay. And, and I kept thinking about all these memories from 25 years ago. And um, it was just beautiful. It was really nice. And so I can't, what was your, what was your original question? <laughs> about, <laughs> it was about a specific time where I really wasn't, you know, was not connected to gratitude or love or however you want to describe it. Um, definitely. Back then that was often. You know, I mm -hmm. was trying to, you know, I was living in the rat race. I think is how we describe it in the business world and not allowing that. Sentence. And uh, what would you tell your younger self about gratitude in those moments? Oh gosh, I would tell my younger self so many things, but the most, I think the biggest thing that I would tell myself um, is more than anything is to live in the moment. It was just to enjoy it. You've got this. Enjoy. And I, again, I don't know how many of your listeners have experienced this, but um I thought I was living in, in the moment. I thought I was enjoying it. And I was, there were many things I was, I was, there were many moments where I was in the moment and many moments I was enjoying. Um, but I think so much of self doubt uh, came in and so much of, uh, you know, having to get ahead and trying to get ahead and all of this, 
you know, I've got to have this big career before I hit 30 and I've got to do this and that. Um, so much of that was there that, uh, that, well, there's a saying, um, youth is wa- is wasted on the young. Um, and that's sort of that feeling of, I was, uh, if I had, could speak to my younger self, I would say, just enjoy it. Just live in that moment. It's going to be not only okay, it's going to be beautiful, you know, and just, you know, keep trying to hone your craft and, and, and excel in every, you know, way you can and, and enjoy it and be, and be grateful for every last minute of it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think that we, we all need this kind of reminder to, um, to remember actually to, um, be in the present moment for the ones listening right now you can take that moment to be right now to be present to um, be aware of your feelings of your surroundings of everything that's beautiful in your life right now yeah oh please yeah do (laughs) yeah and that's i mean um you mentioned at the beginning about the book that i've just written uh, dealing with divas and other difficult personalities. Uh, the focus of the book, um, the whole purpose of the book is to help the reader when the reader is dealing with people that he or she finds difficult, is to help that person to stay calm and centered and focused and be in the moment um, and to get his or her goals achieved. Um, I mean, the whole the book itself, how it came into being is... Um, in discussing my work with a publisher here uh, in Germany, we talked about what are the possible themes that could be interesting. And she, and um, she suggested this theme. And I thought the main, how I got to this theme at all is in my work with people. And I was coming from the stage. I mostly work with executives on their voice, their body language presence, as you, as you mentioned, you know, how, how to own the room and also how to have an inner presence uh, both the outer presence as well as the inner presence of staying centered and focused, even in very difficult situations. And I realized through this work that one of the things that brings a lot of people out of their center is another person. Mm-hmm. So if I've got, if I've got stage fright, you know, often the thought is, Oh, so-and-so sitting in the audience, what are they going to think? Or, um, you know, what, what does the other person think about me or I, or that I don't like that person. I don't want to be in the same room with that person, whatever. One of the main things that takes us out of our center are other people, people that we consider to be divas. Mm -hmm. The the focus, the really of the first half of this book is to help the reader have tools that he or she can, can use to stay centered, centered and focused and really, uh, yeah. Um, in the moment, and, and one of the fascinating things when, when we first started talking about doing this interview, um, one of the chapters of my, of the book is called, uh, it's called the four states um, or the four most powerful states. And those four states um, are the state of forgiveness, the state of love, the state of play, and very, very importantly, the state of gratitude. And, so as soon as we started talking about oh, this, it's just, it's, it's so important. So very, very important in order to be able to stay centered and focused and in the moment and have a connection to your strengths, have the connection to your, um, to your talent and, and everything that's important to you in order to be able to achieve your goals. Exactly. Exactly. I, 
I've seen this happening in my life as well. When when I was too much there, like on the outside and uh, not being centered in, in in my own power, in my own self, it was really hard to deal with with situations because I felt like my power was out there and I couldn't couldn't do much about it. But when I got back and um, being present and centered, it it all made much more sense and it was much easier to uh to work things make things work actually yeah and um laura do you have some people that you are very grateful for that you would like to mention oh so many <laughs> oh so very many people um i think probably one of them is the person i already mentioned nan burt who was uh i got to know her like i said when she was 92 but i uh we knew each other very closely for a good 14 years before her death. And um, she was an inspiration of obviously my parents, especially my mother. Um, she had uh, one of, yeah, one of the, she had certain also Bible verses that she would give me to kind of keep me uh, in this positive frame of mind and um, always believed in me Um Oh, there are so many, the directors and musicians that I've worked with over the years that, you know, that just keep showing you how beautiful things can be. Um, I, for, so there's so many people and people also like people like you that you know, have this, this um, uh, beautiful insight to, um, to what's really important in this world, you know, so yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I have to agree with you on this part regarding what, what's really important in life because we actually, um, I was just thinking about this while we, we took a break before uh, getting to the actual interview that uh, there is this saying that uh, it's not... Uh, it's gratitude that makes you joyful, not the the other way around. And uh, I was thinking about the fact that actually gratitude makes you successful, not the other way around, actually, because you can be successful in the eyes of others if you are not grateful and you're, you, you can't appreciate the beautiful things that you have in your life. Actually, in my point of view, from my point of view, you're not actually successful. Yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right. Both of those. I love that 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 it's gratitude that makes you joyful, not the other way around. But that that's beautiful. That really is. Yeah. And as far as success goes, absolutely, absolutely. I think we all know people who are what we would consider very, very, very successful, but very unhappy. And yeah. Yeah. And very discontent with life. Exactly. Exactly. Mostly, and uh, mostly because they don't know what they've got, and they're people who are grateful appreciate actually what they've been given yeah yeah i i totally agree and um i was thinking uh if you have some uh some ways that keep you grateful if you have some practices that help you with uh with gratitude that you can share with uh, our listeners so we can do as well um there are a lot of different things. The most, I think, the, probably the most uh, 
common is that I really literally, well, actually, yeah. Uh, one very important thing that actually happened back then, you know, in getting to this path. I mean, today I would say uh, literally the main practice I have today is if I find myself complaining about something, that I just stop and say, how would it be without that thing? So if I find myself complaining about my children, for example, <laughs> then I, you know, think, oops, actually, I, there's nothing I'm more grateful for than, than my children and then my family, my husband. And, and, and so therefore, um, you know, what am I saying when I'm complaining? Yeah. So that's my main trigger today. Back then, there were two things that I did. I kept a journal back then all the time uh, anyway about, you know, life, which I would recommend to anyone uh, because when you write down your thoughts, you're actually kind of, you're noticing patterns in your thoughts. And the other thing that I did was I kept a separate journal and that was a journal. I worked with conductor who, uh, yeah, Glenn Cortese, he said back then, um, he gave me some compliment, I can't remember what, and I just dismissed it totally, you know. So let's just take a, I, I don't remember what the first compliment was, but let's say, you know, saying that well or whatever. And I just said, oh, yeah, yeah, but I could have done that better and that better. And he just looked at me. He said, the appropriate answer is thank you. I thought, what? And he said, I've noticed that, every, you know, every time you get a compliment, you just dismiss it, you know, that, that could be better, this could be, you know, whatever. He said, you've got to take that moment and be grateful for it. And I realized that I was not accepting compliments at all. So I actually started a separate journal, which I called my compliment journal. It sounds very strange, probably to many people. Um, but literally, I would write down every compliment someone told me. And I had to, I was, I made the rules myself for me, but I was, my, the rule was I had to write every single compliment down, regardless of what the compliment was, regarding, without judging it. Just write it down, you know, regardless of whether I agreed with it. That was not the said, I have nice eyes. And, um, uh, you know, without judging it at all, uh, basically, we, um, without judging it at all, I wrote these compliments down. And I began, it, that really changed my view of the world around me. I began to hear compliments and I began to recognize my own dismissal. Um, that was, that was one, of the, one, of, one of, I think, one of the key experiences in turning that whole mentality around. Yeah, I think this is awesome. And um, we want to feel appreciated. This is how we work as human beings. And uh, we, if we don't, like if you don't receive that appreciation even even if people give it to us it's like a gift if we if we don't receive it or we throw it somewhere um we won't be able to enjoy it and i think this is a it's a great tip that we can all use to um to really take into consideration what people are saying the the good things that people are saying about us because most probably uh most of us if we uh, if someone says something uh, bad about us it most probably will we will think about it a lot yeah <laughs> we, <laughs> much more than much. we would think about uh when when it would be uh, a compliment so i think this this helps 
us uh, rewire how we think and uh, this is actually awesome we should mm-hmm. definitely do this so gratitude seekers <laughs> make sure you do this uh, i think it's really really uh, great and it helps us not focus as much as as we did on on the bad things that people say about us and more about the good things and the yeah. compliments yeah this is yeah. awesome awesome yeah um we are nearing the end of our interview today um I would like to know more about about your book about uh when it will come out uh well we've decided and uh, we've decided to do something very special with this book. I'd like to reach as many people as possible, so the book will actually be available in the Kindle version starting may eighth and we've decided for the first full two full weeks, so at least until may twenty second that um if your your listeners are interested in in getting the book that they can go to Kindle and they can um download the Kindle book for free for the first two weeks and then after that then then the actual the physical book and the Kindle book will go on sale um we would i would just love to reach as many people as possible during that time so that that those who can use this uh this information that this there everything that's offered in the book um how to improve improve relationships how to better understand the person you're working with or or even in your private life dealing with um that that they have the opportunity to get that and i should say one thing very important point about the book um because i think many people will hear, will hear the title dealing with divas we've got kind of this collective feeling of what a diva is they sort of think the stereotype of a diva is somebody who's very dominant very bigger than life they you know come into the room they own the room they 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 you know order everyone around um people the the true actually the true the truth is that we find people who are not like us to be divas in other words a person who's got a very dominant personality that person will find other people with dominant personalities attractive they find that people who are more introverted and uh who take too much time to make a decision or something they find them to be divas they're trying to control the situation by not saying anything or whatever um so the definition of diva itself is very uh relative depending on what your personality is so a diva someone we find to be difficult is most commonly somebody who's just different and if we can understand how they think and how we think then we can actually it's a lot easier to build these bridges so the focus of the book the first half as i mentioned before is really your inner strengths how to how to how to be strong no matter what comes at you and the second half is understanding the other person and understanding yourself and then building these bridges to be able to actually work with the person to get your goals done regardless of whether or not you like the person it's not at all about becoming friends with the person that <laughs> that may or may not happen but it's really about uh building those bridges and about being centered and focused and calm and in the moment for you yourself as a reader so the first first two weeks so from may 8th to the 20 um to the 22nd is done um uh the book is online for free and also anyone who's listening to this after that so you can't take advantage of that particular offer anyone who's listening to this after that uh buy the book and send me a copy we'll we'll put uh, my email address in here send me a copy of your receipt just that you or you know 
um, uh, a screenshot also would do. Um, and I will send you a link to um, a webinar just for you about dealing with divas. And also, um, and I will send you um, a certificate for 10% off of any, any seminar or anything, any other program that we, we may be offering in this, both in this area and also, for example, uh, one seminar that's coming out online in the summer from me is called uh, From Stage Fright to Stage Might. So overcoming stage fright. So these programs, you know, it, you'll, I'll send you uh, uh, a certificate for a discount on these and um, a webinar just made for you. That's great. That's great. So I'll make sure I will, um, I will link it in, um, in the show notes that you can find on uh, Um You will see there the, sh the, the link to the Amazon book um, and every, every other resource that uh, Laura mentioned. Um, so make sure you, you go there. And uh, also, if you haven't done that already, please make sure you subscribe to, to the Gratitude Podcast so we, you can listen to other amazing stories like Laura's and um, we can keep in touch. So um, thank you so much, Laura, for being here with us. Thank you, Jordan. And for sharing your life story and... Uh, everything that you shared with us. It was amazing. And um, I wish you a lot of success with your book. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much. And thank you to all the listeners for being here.